This is the Kitzer for Sikha Beis of Parshas Pekude and Chelek Yudalev, page 175. This Sikha is on the Rashi, Hamishkon, Hamishkon, in the beginning of Parshas Pekude. And Rashi says, Shnei Pomen. Tere says Hamishkon, Hamishkon twice. Remez l'mikdosh shenismashkin b'shnei churbonen. It's a hint for the two bottom mikdoshes that were taken as a collateral when they were destroyed. Because of the sins of the Yidin. So the Rebbe has many questions on this Rashi. First, the Rebbe points out the fact that the Torah here is hinting to the two other Batim Mikdashais is because we're talking here about the building of the Mishkan, and therefore the Torah tells us that the Shechina will dwell amongst Yidin in the future as well in the two Batim Mikdashais. But the question is, why is the hint Peneget to an Indian that's connected to the Chorbim of the two Batim Mikdashais? The fact that it was taken as a Mashkin. And also the Rebbe says, the word Mishkan could simply be translated as Vishachanti a place of dwelling, not a place that's a mashkin that Ebeshter takes it away when it's destroyed. So why do we say that this is the remes for the union of a Chorben here? Also the Rebbe says, Rashi says Shnei Pomen. Why does Rashi have to point out Shnei Pomen? It's obvious that that's, what's, that, that's what Rashi is coming to address. Then the Rebbe has a few more questions here. The Rebbe asks, if you look in the Rashi, it says, Loshin Yochid, Remes Lemikdosh Shenis Mashkin. We're talking about two churbanen, and Rashi began saying shnei pa'amen, but yet Rashi talks about a mikdash, although we're talking about two batim mikdashes were destroyed. Why does Rashi say this? Then the Rebbe points out that besides the two batim mikdashes, there was also Mishkan Shile. What happened to Mishkan Shile? Why aren't we including that in the remes of the Pasuk here? And finally, the Rebbe points out that l'chayre, this is not to be compared to a mashkin at all. The idea of a mashkin is that the lender takes a collateral until the borrower can pay up the loan, and he returns it. He returns the very same item when he gets his money. But over here, the Eibishter is taking the Besam Mikdash, he took the first Besam Mikdash as a mashkin, but he didn't return it. In the second Besam Mikdash, it was lacking in a few areas. It wasn't the same as the first Besam Mikdash. How could we compare it to a mashkin? So the Rebbe begins by pointing out that the Beis HaMikdash, the essence of what a Beis HaMikdash is, it's a permanent dwelling for Hashem. It's a bias that's also positioned corresponding to the Beis HaMikdash and it's a permanent dwelling. Unlike an oil or the Mishkan that was a, per, uh, that was a temporary dwelling for the Eibishter. When Mamele the Rebbe says, the Mishkan and Mishkan Shiloi fall in one category and the two Batim Mikdashes that are the same in the sense that they are both a permanent dwelling for the Eibishter are the same in that sense, in their main characteristic of what they are, they, they could be compared to each other, and Oyel, Shiloi, Mishkan Shiloi, does not come into this. And therefore the Rebbe says, let's look at the Lashon of the Pasuk. In the Pasuk it says, Mishkan, Mishkan, Shnei Pomim. When Rashi says, Shnei Pomim, what Rashi is emphasizing over here is, that it's not just the fact that we have an extra word that shows us that there's a Remez here. It's an extra word, and it's a Torah repeating the very same word twice. And that's why Rashi emphasizes Shnei Pomen. And therefore the limit over here is that there's going to be the Batim Mikdashes in the future that are in essence one and the same. Beis HaMikdash Rishayim, the Beis HaMikdash Shaini are really in essence one and the same thing. The Ebishter takes it as a collateral and returns it later in the Mikdash Shaini. The details that are missing do not change the very nature and the essence of the bias, that it's a dwelling that the Ebishter returns, and in that sense it's the same, and it's like a mishkan, a mashkan that is, that's being returned. And therefore Rashi stresses, Shnei Pomen, 
that it's the very same word repeated to tell you that it's the very same Beis HaMikdash is being returned. And therefore Rashi says, Beis HaMikdash. It's one Beis HaMikdash, that very same Beis HaMikdash in the first time that's returned the second time, and then which will be returned again in the third time. So therefore the Rebbe says we understand why Rashi teaches that we're talking here about a mashkin, the idea of a mashkin connected to the Chorban. Because not only does this not express the idea of a Chorban, this points out that even when you have a situation that looks like it's a Chorban, that there's a destruction, the Bishamikdash is being taken away from Yidin, but it's really only being possessed by the Ebesh there until he could return it. Abish is not completely being mevatel the Beis Hamikdash. There's no expiration date on the first or second Beis Hamikdash, and therefore it was destroyed. It's because there was avedis from Yidin, avenisaim shal Yisrael, and that causes that for temporarily the Abish possesses it and takes it until he can give it back to the Yidin. So therefore, this is the chiddush of the of the mashkin that really it's an eternal Beis Hamikdash. The first, second, and third, it's there all the time. It's just temporarily being possessed by the Ebishter until the time comes that he returns it. So this explains why Rashi adds this concept of Avinisayim Shal Yisrael. This is one of the questions I didn't point out before, but one of the big questions that the Rebbe asked over here, why does Rashi have to bring up Avinisayim Shal Yisrael? That's the cause for the Chorban. Rem is in the Pasik, is telling us that there was twice that the Mishkan was taken as a Mashkin. The cause of why that happened seemingly is irrelevant. But now we understand the whole idea over here is that the first Beis HaMikdash was destroyed is not a real destruction. That there's an expiration date and it was destroyed. And then the second Beis HaMikdash is something brand new. That's not the case. The Beis HaMikdash is always there. Avenisayim Shal Yisrael is an external cause that Yidin are not zeichet to be able to access the Beis HaMikdash. So they wish to possesses it. That's why Rashi brings up Avenisayim Shal Yisrael. The Rabbi points out another thing that Rashi brings up Avenisayim Shal Yisrael because there is the Mishkan Shilai. And the title here does not hint to Mishkan Shilai. But why not? The answer is because Mishkan Shilai was only destroyed because of Avedis, of a few individuals, the, son of, the sons of uh, Eli, Pinchas and Chafni. The Pasuk here is talking about the destruction of the two Bata Mikdash and the eternity of the Beis Mikdash as it relates to all of Klal Yisrael. That even when Yidin sin, Beis Mikdash is not really destroyed completely, but it's just possessed as a Mashkin. That's why the Meremes here is only going to get to the two Bata Mikdash. And the Rebbe says that there's another thing hinted over here in what Rashi says. Avinisayim Shal Yisrael was the cause of the Churban. But if you look at history, the Yidin began sinning way before, a while before the Beis HaMikdash was actually destroyed, both in the first and second Beis HaMikdash. Which means that we understand from this that the Eibishter, even after he sees the Avedis of Yidin, does not rush to destroy the Beis HaMikdash, even though the Yidin deserved so. The Eibishter waits, gives them an opportunity of tshuva, gives them more time, and hopes that they do tshuva. That's what we see over here regarding the power of the Bishamikdash, that it's, it's eternity. We see over here that it's really never destroyed. The Ebishter just possesses it. And even this itself, that the Ebishter possesses it as a mashkin, he waits. He waits for the borrower, so to speak, to pay up, or he waits for Yidin to do tshuva. He gives them the opportunity to do tshuva. And that's the kayach of the mishkan, mishkan, shnei pa'amim, this one mishkan that the Ebishter now, they're building, when they're building the mishkan, and for the future as well, the Yidin are going to have the Beis HaMikdash. The one Beis HaMikdash that's really there all the time for Klal Yisrael. And the Ebishter does not rush to destroy it. And even when he does, he just possesses it as a mashkin. The lesson that the Rebbe learns from this is, That the Yidin should not behave any less than the Ebishter himself. And therefore, 
when we see another Yid that has to be influenced, that has to be helped to do tshuva. Never have the attitude that this person is not deserving, that this person is, 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 shouldn't be influenced and shouldn't be dealt with because he's so far off. And he's No, you have to go, extend your hand to every single Yid to help him, to help him build his personal base amikdash inside of him. And it's actually a mitzvah. You have to go and help and teach him, rebuke your fellow, your yid, to help him. The Rebbe concludes the sikha here with an unbelievable lesson that you see from the Ebeshter himself to learn the, from the example of the Ebeshter himself regarding this Indian. When it came to the time that Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Har Sinai for 40 days to learn Teireh. And then at the end of the 40 days, the Pasik says that the Ebeshter gives Moshe Rabbeinu the Luchais. But on the 39th day, the Eden had already served the eagle. So although the Eden was serving the eagle on the 39th day, yet the Ebeshter continued learning with Moshe Rabbeinu, gave him the Luchas on the 40th day, all for the purpose to give to Klal Yisrael that have already sinned by the eagle. From here we see that when you see a year that's sinning, and you say to yourself that this is a person that doesn't deserve any attention, doesn't deserve to bring him close, to influence him and help him do tshuva, it's not so. Just like the Ebeshter himself gives the Eden the Luchas even after they sinned, you have to go out and be makarav every single yid, be mashpia and elevate every single yid. And through this, the Rebbe says, you're helping yourself as well. When you influence another, it illuminates your own eyes. It illuminates the person himself and both get elevated together. And through all of this, to building the Beis HaMikdash within the heart of every single yid, and will ultimately be zeiche to Obana Mikdash bin Kaimai, to build the Beis HaMikdash in its place in Eretz Yisrael, Ayidei Mashiach Tzitkeinu, Mehera V'yameinu, Amen.